the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Vector Communications, data networks built for business. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, this is episode 196, you're with Paul Spain and Peter Hall. Peter, great to have you uh, have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you. It's been a while. It's been a year, I'm pretty sure, actually. <laughs> it has been. So for, the, for those that can't remember uh, when you were last on the show, uh, maybe a, a little reminder of... Uh, yeah, I, I'm that guy who, who um, was crazy enough to try to start a tech expo last year. Cool. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about Digital Nations uh, a bit further on. But uh, first up, I just wanted to uh, talk about why our... Uh, Intro to the podcast has has changed, as I mentioned there, of uh, Vector Communications. So uh, I want to thank them for their support. Now, I guess we look back over the 196 episodes we've done to date. We certainly haven't got there on on our own. There's been lots and lots of organisations across New Zealand, uh, technology and telecommunications related areas, and uh, car manufacturers and all sorts that have that have chipped in and helped us in, in some way or another. Uh, whether it's um, yourself, Peter, inviting us along to uh, to your event and giving us a uh, a press pass, or whether it's uh, someone loaning us a car to try out the technology in, or someone uh, putting me on a flight to. LA or Taipei or Sydney or wherever to, to look at some new bits and pieces. So uh, yeah, the the show certainly isn't uh, isn't just about what uh, what I'm able to do on my own. There's there's a whole lot of people that contribute, and uh, you know every time there's a guest on, they're uh, they're giving their time. So uh, so very much appreciation to everyone, and uh, yeah, special thanks to uh, to Vector for um, for giving us a sort of a, a sponsorship for the next. Uh, uh, next little while, uh, they'll be sponsoring uh, sponsoring um, a bunch of upcoming shows. All right, now let's jump into our news bites. Uh, first up, there's a new uh, Blu-ray disc standard that is due out, uh, I think, in the 2015 time frame. And this is all about delivering ultra high definition or or four K four K video. I was just going to ask that actually, because that, that, that seems like the natural progression of what they would do with it. So it is it is four K and, and high def. Yeah, so I guess it, it means for those that aren't streaming content, and, there, and to be fair, there isn't that much four K content you can scre- no. stream just yet either. Uh, but it covers that base, and of course, what we don't know is when. Uh, yeah, if and when 4K uh, video will be available uh, via our traditional broadcasters, uh, you know, Sky, Sky TV uh, with their uh, satellites, and uh, of course TVNZ, TV3, uh, Choice TV, and 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 the others. Uh, so yeah, it's, but it's good to see more of those gaps being being filled in. We've had 4K or ultra high definition, uh, you know, TVs be be yeah. available for a little while now. They're really starting to come down to some quite yeah. uh, reasonable price points, and I, you know, my pick is within sort of the eighteen to twenty four months sort of time frame. It'll just become the norm, and there won't really be any you know r- 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 major price difference. Just just as it is today with full high definition, I think it's very very hard to find a standard uh, um, HD resolution well, t- TV. Right, it tends to, and it tends to come with the content. I mean, it usually tends to be more expensive. Interestingly enough, you can understand the reasons why, but obviously, when there isn't as much content to support it, it's it's, it's not a, as big of a demand. And you'd hope that this time around versus. Um, when HD was introduced, that they'll be a little bit uh, quicker on the ball because obviously that had, was something that had <laughs> in Europe and other places of the world was way ahead of New Zealand. So you'd hope that we're closing that technology gap and actually can broadcasters will start adopting it quicker. Time will certainly tell on that one, but there'll be, but uh, yeah, there will be other ways of getting our, our content. Um, now, news in from uh, Two Degrees Mobile, they've uh, they've extended their four G LTE uh, coverage. Uh, to cover a bit more of Auckland, and also uh, they've started rolling out into Wellington as well. Uh, and, of course, uh, Vodafone and Telecom are continuing to uh, expand their, their coverage around the country. So it's it's good, actually, that uh, each of the networks are, are sort of pushing out on this. They're putting a little bit of pressure on each other to uh, to yep. keep keep that moving. And you know it won't be won't be too long, I guess, before uh, you know that four G coverage is uh, as ubiquitous as has the three G coverage that we uh, we have today. Mm. 
General Motors have announced that their uh, first vehicle with what they're calling uh, hands-free driving uh, <laughs> should be available in uh, in. 2016. Now, this isn't the uh, the complete do everything uh, for you type uh, vehicle where you can close your eyes and and uh, and go to go to sleep. Uh, the term super cruise mode has been uh, has been referred to, uh, and there's some some of this technology they've been well they've obviously been working on it for some time, and varying uh, manufacturers have have uh, yeah different efforts going on in this space, uh, and you know one of the key aspects to this is vehicle to vehicle communications, and you know what what we're hearing there is that there is a real push uh, to make vehicle to vehicle communication standardised. And for it to be law that new vehicles will have to have a level of vehicle-to-vehicle uh, communication built in, uh, which all all helps in uh, minimising and uh, and reducing accidents. Yeah. Uh, and chorus have lost. Uh, their bid to sort of try and block the re- reduction in uh, in pricing for uh, copper lines or um, you know your your traditional home uh, DSL broadband uh, in terms of the wholesale costs that are paid back to back to Chorus. Uh, so yeah, they they had uh, appealed the uh, original uh, judgment around that from uh, from the Commerce Commission. Uh, so what we would anticipate happening presuming this all all now uh, goes ahead is in time either uh the telcos our vodafones and uh and the like will uh, pocket a little bit more money or uh or prices will come down for home broadband mm. what what's what's your pick on this one do you think <laughs> we're going to see a rapid reduction as soon as this gets uh passed on to everyone a rapid uh, price reduction or do you think they'll sit on it for a little while uh like they did when the uh um the interconnect between well we saw saw the uh, interconnect between mobile and and uh and landlines and those those rates uh, came down yeah. and there wasn't really much uh, noticeable change no. for uh, consumers in, in a lot of cases. I mean, I, I would love to say that I think that it would be passed on, but I think that, you know, you've actually got one pretty much, you know, less player. I guess in, in many senses you do have more players, but they're from the same companies. So you've got these different outshoots of broadband companies that are kind of around New Zealand, which is great. But, you know, a lot of them emerge together with Auckland and... and um, and Slingshot and these guys coming together, sure. Vodafone and uh, Telstra Clear, obviously, and all these other guys. I think it's kind of hard. Like, it's not it's not as good as you'd want it. it it's it's faux competitive almost. You know, there's this layer of faux competitiveness in New Zealand from different providers where, you know, it's a smart move of them, but I, I don't know. Like, do they, is their interest really there to, to lower those prices when, when, when people seem to be quite happy where they're with right now? I doubt it. I think they'll pocket it for a bit. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see on that, but... Uh yeah, from 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 what I'm told, there isn't huge amount of money that's made in that in that particular area anyway. No. So uh, I imagine if if there's a, a chance for them to sort of uh, uh, yeah catch up a little bit on some profits, then uh, maybe they will do. But uh, oh, we'll see. yeah, now uh, over last weekend, of course, uh, Spark suffered uh, probably one of their most uh, severe outages in their. Uh, uh, history as far as their, their broadband was uh, was con- concerned uh, and in their history I'm talking about the history has telecom uh, of course and yeah they, they had some pretty major uh, service interruptions over the weekend sort of starting uh, Friday night uh, through into Sunday with what they've described uh, as distributed denial of service uh, attacks which left uh, yeah, a large number or a large portion of of New Zealand's internet users uh, without reliable internet connectivity uh, over the weekend. I probably don't want to delve too much into that because uh, there's a whole lot of things that could could be said, um, and there are all sorts of reasons why why, the, why these things happen. <laughs> well, there were there were varying reports on the on the cause, right? From uh, yeah. uh, celebrity porn and uh, that's the one, and and uh, and and others, and that seemed to be very much just something that it was easy for the media to jump on, yeah. uh, rather than necessarily uh, yeah, hold, hold, yeah. hold, holding any uh, any any truth, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I laughed heartily at that. I thought it was quite yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, a new game launched today of some note. 
and it launched first uh, in New Zealand. Yes, it did. Tell us about De- Des- Destiny, which has come from uh, uh, Bungie, who, of course, well known for uh, um, many, many years of, of Halo games. Yeah. Uh, and this is sort of their new, first new uh, game yeah. uh, franchise, well, as they call it, in, in a long in a long time. Yeah, and, and the one, the first one that's not exclusive to Microsoft, which is the the, the big the big thing for them is stepping out of the uh, kind of the shadow that was the colossus of Microsoft, I guess, when they when they got bought and then and then kind of went on their own way and. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting one. We've, we've obviously got um, Jason Sussman, who's actually the lead designer for the the Mars Mars environment, coming to Digital Nations and speaking, which is going to be absolutely outstanding. It's pretty huge considering it, how close it is to to this launch. I think there'll be a, a lot of interest in uh, in hearing what he's got to say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from my perspective, it was really interesting because this morning I decided to do a little kind of just a funny throwaway um, Facebook comment on Digital Nations, and I just said, you know, anybody else working from home today, and kind of took a picture of Destiny on my on my uh, TV and, and the kind of feedback and people who got into that was huge and I didn't really it wasn't like something I was trying to push I was just trying to trying to see if there was anybody else who was kind of locked into it and the responses I got was people saying I've taken the entire week off uh, you know um, yeah you know I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be doing anything else for the wee while I actually bought a console or you know whatever to play this game on it is huge it is huge I think um, it's huge by the weight of the kind of marketing push they put into it, but obviously the renown of Bungie in general as a studio that creates immersive stories. Their score, I must say, because I, 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 uh, even though and I'm, and Ross is, works with me on Digital Nations, don't listen to this bit. I did play a lot today uh, <laughs> in between working and getting things ready for the show. And stuff like the score, it just absolutely capture, captivates me. They, they've got such good scoring. They, 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 the music and stuff is amazing with these games. So huge launch. Um, um, to the point where you know um, general me- mainstream media in New Zealand have picked up and talked about it. Um, yeah, it doesn't happen too often, does it? In the, as far as gaming is concerned. No, it's actually a bit sad that I have to say it that way and make it sound like it's amazing. You know, gaming actually is mainstream, and, and not reporting on it is is what's a bit weird. But um, you know, obviously, and and actually, one of the things that I kind of grind grinds me is when they. The discussion comes up about, you know, oh, well, you know, is this a game changer? Because they want you to sit there and, and talk about, you know, how this has changed the future of gaming. And the reality is the game itself probably isn't a game changer. It's a, a kind of an MMO standard, uh, you know, kind of approach to game. It looks good because it's, it's a sharp, you know, next-gen title, beautifully created and illustrated. But what's a game changer is the fact that the media are actually willing to talk about it. And that, to me, is actually the biggest point is... And, and I'm going to be beating this drum, and I hope that we get managed to do this through digital nations and people like yourself as well, is to kind of point out that tech is tech is in your life, and so is gaming, and so all aspects of it. And it's not just Big Bang Theory and, and kind of, of pointing at people and having a bit of a laugh. It's, it's, it's immersive, and it's something people love to do. And De- I think Destiny is a great example of that. It is for what for the little I've already gone through, it is completely immersive. So, yeah, big title. They had the biggest pre-sale in, in gaming history. Um, that's huge, um, you know, and and that, especially from a studio that's had to be on only one um, console or, or you know PC and PC and and Xbox to be able to do. Sure. Um, now, would you actually? No, let me let me flick back. So, if we, if we think about. Uh, Destiny from uh, a New Zealand perspective, mm. and we think about gaming in general from a New Zealand perspective. We've done really well as a country, particularly because of Peter Jackson. Yeah, uh, Destiny's going to sell mega, mm. you know, um, amounts. Uh, do you think this is the sort of thing that you know is is big enough to sort of get on the radar? Of uh, of politicians and business people to start thinking more about the importance of gaming as an export opportunity for for New Zealand. That's a really good question. It should, and and again, I mean, I'm hoping that with um, people like Ben, who's the chairman of the New Zealand Game Developers Association, and also us at Digital Nations, because we actually do try to lobby into the ATs and the um, the you know the trader enterprise of the world now. Uh, actually, a scaring point there is they don't actually have trade, trade and enterprise. Obviously, have a program of supporting um, games developed in New Zealand, and I think that's great. AT don't currently have any mandate when it comes to digital support of this sort. So, and you know, an event like Digital Nations ends up actually not getting a support, and not because they don't want to, but because it's not within their mandate. So, 
Um, I really, really hope it does. I think that uh, studios like Grinding Gears, uh, who, who put out Path of Exile, I think that studios um, such as Pickpock and these other guys, they are doing a really good but very hard yard. It should be funded. There's no difference. There should be, an, you know, if you wanted to have an entertainment fund in New Zealand, it should be spread across all mediums, not just movies, not just music. There needs to be something for everyone. Uh, at the end of the day, a game has both of those components in it, and they're actually very, very important parts of it, as is script writing, as is directing. So that they don't get supported more than they um, they are currently act really frustrates me, really frustrates me. But I think um, people have to actively push it and ask the questions because um, you know it's really hard when you're an organization who's also dependent on that funding to 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 kind of be angry and i think we should be angry about it because i don't think it's appropriate they need to support it more than they do yeah i guess it takes a while for the governments to uh and and these organizations to catch up doesn't it mm, absolutely but that's uh that's part of what we need to do is be uh, be talking about it yeah all right now Drones guarding the New Zealand uh, coastline. Now, I saw this article come come through in the Herald uh, in the in the last few days, and uh, there's there's uh, talk that our armed forces are uh, are going to increasingly rely on uh, drones to defend uh, New Zealand. Uh, Who are you of, defending against? Can you just clarify this? Because I'm a little bit... Well, I think what did that, I not know I th- when I moved here? Well, I think from New Zealand's perspective, if you look at our defence capabilities at the moment, they're, um, well... Who's yeah, invading they're, us? They're, they're next to nothing. So yeah. what really what they're talking about is watching our fisheries to see if anyone's, uh, <laughs> you know, st- steal, stealing a few too many... Uh, is it if uh, my snapper is not... Your, your snapper's too short. It's yeah. going to measure it. It's going to fly over. <laughs> measure, measure the length of your snapper. <laughs> and uh, if you if guys. you haven't returned one that's uh, you under know, ten centimeters uh, or whatever it is. under the length, yeah. then it's going to zap you with a laser, right? Yeah. I mean, this this surely this is how we should be using drones. Yeah. Uh, or if you've taken too many kinna, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, these are opportunities to help the country. But uh, no, I think uh, you know to 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 go a little bit further out, where uh, you know at at the moment. Uh, you know the air force sort of uh, yeah flies out to uh, to our you know e- economic zone and you know yeah okay. checks for various things. I guess that could be a bit expensive. So yeah, no, I think it's good the, the, from a the, financial perspective. It seems to make sense. I mean, drones themselves are going to be super expensive because it's not. And I think people get confused because they think that the drones we're talking about kind of are, they're not they're not silly, but. You know, they the, think they're thinking more the ones we've seen in the shopping malls. These aren't the one hundred to five hundred dollars <laughs> no. sort of. Uh, you know, you're talking uh, about millions and millions consu- of dollars consumer products. But, right. uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, and I guess look, it's a great idea conceptually. I like it. My only concern with this whole drone community that we're building is what because you know exactly what's going to happen is the pirate drones, the drones that uh, will be created to intercept other drones and either either to to take them out or to capture them. And I've like my, I've concerned I'm concerned about it from a like Amazon and and like a delivery perspective, and from every single perspective because we know as soon as somebody um, develops a stealth fighter, what's the first thing you develop after a stealth fighter? The radar that sees a stealth fighter. Sure. So it's going to be exactly the same, right? As soon as these drones come out, first thing some smart guy is going to do is go. There's a market here which is destroying drones, and it's just going to be a matter of how they can figure out how to do that. Yep, that's what that's that's the way it works. So there's always business for uh, for everyone, isn't there? I guess yep. that's the that that's so good news. That that's how it works. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure there'll be more a lot more of this stuff. Um, if you if you are um, you know wanting to to look at some potential uh, um, uh, uh, darker sides, but with a um, um, <laughs> uh, from a laughable perspective. Um, have, have, and you enjoy the uh, the TV series Twenty Four, um, then the uh, the newest sort of series of that, which you can get on Lightbox or uh, uh, Hulu Plus, or, or I'm sure other sources online. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's about uh, drones that, uh, yeah. that that get taken over by the uh, the bad guys. Um, so uh, yeah, but, it's, not, it's not uh, only me panicking about it. Uh, but but it, but it, but a good uh, entertaining story, none, none, nonetheless. Uh, now um, TVNZ tonight have uh, have linked the exposing of um, of hacked pass of Adobe's uh, password database. It was hacked last year uh, to the hacking of Cameron Slater's uh, 
email that uh, is, is tied back to uh, Nikki um, Hager's uh, Dirty Politics uh, book. This is uh, this is kind of, kind of interesting, um, but it's 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 nothing. It's no sort of groundbreaking, you know, revelation. Anyone who wants to uh, uh, wants to hack into your email or, or any of your services uh, can can certainly uh, you know look to those situations where there have been uh, uh, you know large blocks of passwords hacked. And can try and see whether they can uh, they can they can break in. And I guess that, you know the key recommendation uh, here is make sure you change your passwords regularly, and certainly don't use the same passwords for for more than one service. So uh, yeah, if your Adobe password got hacked or your password, what was a recent one? I think uh, eBay. I mean, you just don't know when your password's going to get lost. So yeah, make sure you're using completely independent passwords. I must say, like with things like because obviously I've been th- uh, one of the um, guys are coming to. Digital Nations is um, ThoughtWired, and what they do is um, basically have a, a device on your head, and it allows you to be able to mind control a controller on a on a um, screen, which is mind-boggling in itself. But I must say, there must be a way to come up with a better system than passwords. Just like even if it was creating a pattern in your head with your mind or whatever, using one of these devices, because it just feels like so archaic that our you know, all this secret data is still being protected by something as absolutely stupid as a password because we all know the flaws of it. And unless you are somebody who does a 16-character password using both numbers and letters, and even then it's not necessarily going to be safe. Um, I mean, and yes, it's great with, you know, fingerprint and all this kind of stuff. I'm just concerned because at the end of the day, when you do your fingerprint scan, your phone saves your fingerprint, your unique fingerprint. So my question is, so if my phone gets hacked and they then manage to take my fingerprint scans out of that, I don't know what they can use it for, but I'm sure they could do it, you know, use it for, for bad things. So I don't know if physical identification through fingerprints is that much better either. It's probably better than a password, but, you know. Yeah, there's not a not a perfect solution uh, just yet. No, uh, but you know all of these things uh, working working together, it's certainly safer. And you've got uh, two factor authentication, which is yeah, which is a great yeah. idea as well. Yeah. Um, hey, just wanted to jump on to um, um, IFA in Berlin. This was the you know one of the biggest tech shows of the year, and uh, took place uh, last week. Lots and lots of uh, announcements surrounding IFA. Uh, one of those was a little bit more. Information and this this tends to be the way for uh, companies of well, really sort of right across uh, the tech industry and other other industries. Uh, as we get drip-fed bits and pieces of information, it doesn't all come out at once. So when uh, when I was in, in Taipei uh, recently uh, with Intel, they shared a bunch of information or, and, and announced the first details on what's called the Intel Core M uh, processor. Well, at, at IFA, they released uh, a bunch more information on uh, on this new chip, and you know this is meant to be their sort of their next uh, their next generation uh, chip for, uh, for for computing, and particularly for portable uh, for portable com- computing. Uh, and this is their what they call their f- their fifth generation Intel uh, Core uh, processor. Um, now, some interesting bits and pieces. We're not going to see a broad range of systems available until next year with this new chip. Uh, but there will be apparently around uh, five companies will have some products available uh, in terms of a mix of business and uh, and consumer products from uh, from October. And really, where where they're seeing this uh, sort of landing is uh, particularly into the two in one type products that are a tablet, come laptop, come PC type uh, type thing that can uh, that can do yeah do do a, 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 a multiple tasks um, along the lines of where we've seen uh, Microsoft Surface Pro oh, 3 yeah. going uh, but this takes it to that next uh, level as uh, this new generation of chips is that much uh, uh, more more power efficient and so on um, they're going to be able to get right down to um, um, machines that will operate on uh, three watts of, of power for the uh, well. for the chip um, and they've, they, yeah, there's a whole lot of stats and numbers online in terms of you know what the possibilities are with these uh, um, 
lower lower powered systems, and it's really getting down to those very low low power uh, systems under the sort of sub four and a half watt uh, systems where we're able to see these sort of uh, you know, reasonably grunty yeah. uh, computers but not needing uh, fans. So they can fit into that uh, you know, tablet form factor like the traditional tablets we've seen over the last uh, yeah, three or four years um, but, but with so much more you know, you know, processing capabilities. So, yeah, some interesting products likely to, uh, likely to come yeah. through. Um and yeah, there's not a whole lot of detail released yet on what the, what all of those products are. One product that did get uh, uh, detailed to some degree was Lenovo's ThinkPad Helix, uh, which was a two-in-one that I first saw at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, probably going back um, nearly two years oh, yeah. now, and that was one of the the first sort of uh, of the the two-in-one uh, type laptop uh, tablet. Devices uh, that looked reasonably powerful. Now that hasn't been updated in a while. It's only the very first one that's been out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this uh, how this new product actually looks. But certainly a lot more powerful uh, than the previous one. And for the tablet piece, they're talking about nine point six millimeters uh, wide. So um, yeah, a lot um, a lot uh, thinner, I think, from uh, from what we've we've seen uh, be- you know before for the this type of device. Um, and yeah, they're talking about some pretty significant gains in terms of uh, of yeah performance on certain types of tasks. Yeah. Um, that said, to get the really low power, they've got to wind down the processor to a really low clock speed. So some of these are going to be able to go down to sort of sub one gigahertz. Oh yeah. Um, but supposedly still deliver uh, reasonable performance. So. We'll wait and see. See what lands. Um, they're talking about uh, devices, uh, some of which will be in the in the uh, seven. Uh, this this is sort of the, the um, yeah seven to eight millimeter uh, thick uh, for for tablet type devices. Um, Four hundred and sixty to seven hundred and fifty grams, and uh, nine and a half to twelve and a half inch uh, screen. So that's uh, that's some of the potential of what we will. Uh, what we'll see in some of these uh, yeah, tablet-type uh, um, products. So a bit more on that as, as we get our hands on uh, um, some of the new uh, new products, new graphics and other bits and pieces that will be, uh, will be landing in there. Uh, but, yeah, as I say, uh, um, down to uh, 0.8 uh, gigahertz as a sort of base frequency on some of these chips. Now, they'll go into turbo mode for faster when you plug them into power and so on. Um, but they need to get down to that level to have some really, really long uh, battery life with a with a small, um, thin uh, form factor. Uh, now, other uh, other bits and pieces from uh, from Efa. Uh, Samsung released a uh, or announced a bunch of uh, a bunch of products. Were you watching uh, watching some of that, Peter? The VR had spent spiked high on my attention list. Um, the other, you know, because you're using an S5 there yourself, so you're you're, uh, yeah, you're reasonably interested in uh, in, in Samsung's uh, uh, yeah, products, particularly well, the yeah, you know, Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from my perspective, it's um, you know, obviously the big guys, the Samsungs and the and the LGs. I think they're just knocking it out of park in general when it comes to kind of delivery right now, and it's actually really fun to see how. Uh, I mean, they've, they're, they're always super competitive, and the kind of stuff they release is amazing. So uh, I'm always when one of them announces something, I'm always always expecting the other one to come out and go, "Well, actually, we were also doing this, and this is our version of it." And it and they kind of try to trump each other. Um, the VR headset for me stands out just because two reasons. One was it was really interesting how they introduced it as being, you know, uh, having being wireless, which is different from the Oculus Rift and having a lot of functionality that people really liked. But then, at the end of it, finding out that it's actually Oculus Rift have supplied it. So it is an Oculus Rift device. Yeah, yeah. It's a sort of, they've done, they've done it in partnership, haven't yeah, they? Exactly. So what, what that will consist of will be the new uh, Galaxy Note 4. You put it into this mm. um, head, headset that you'll be able to then wear. Mm. Uh, and what we're hearing is the headset itself will be in the range of... Uh, Maybe 199 uh, US dollars, yeah, so may, maybe you know, maybe I don't know, in the 300 dollar uh, range here yeah. uh, in New Zealand. Once you've got GST and whatnot added in, uh, and that is um, you know is not a not a ridiculous price no. for uh, for having a virtual reality uh, headset. 
Um, of course, you've got to spend the uh, you know, thousand or so dollars on the um, the Galaxy Note Four, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I think there you go. That's pl- the catch, pl- plenty of people will be lining up for that, and that and that is definitely a catch. You're not going to be able to use this with your uh, Galaxy S5 or any other smartphones at this stage. But uh, you know, it's it's a pleasing development, isn't it? It is. I mean, then it is interesting because obviously the 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 price point that people uh, are pointing for Oculus Rift, the actual headset is between 200 and maybe 400 450 dollars max. So you've got to compare the two and go, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it sounds bad but personally I'd probably pick the Oculus and just be able to plug it into pretty much whatever I want rather than being using a technology which is you know, limiting in, in in what it can do from a processive perspective. I guess that's that would be my biggest concern versus taking a computer, plug it in my Oculus Rift, and and playing a 4K uh, Unreal Engine 4 game. You know, that kind of makes more sense to me. But still cool, still very cool. Sure. Um, but the nice thing here is the price of this virtual reality uh, type of technology is is coming down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, through through uh, you know from varying directions. I if, was, you would have um, said, if you would have said to someone even five years ago that you would be able to get uh, what is pretty much a fuller high-def virtual reality headset for under $500, they would have laughed at you. Well, yeah, and, and in fact, the um, where I was at uh, with, with Ford a few weeks ago, there are in D-Center, and the headset we tried there was a $25,000 headset, and they had only just replaced it within you know some months prior to that from the previous generation, which was probably even more, yeah. but was lower definition, and that was only three years old. Yeah. Uh, and they were driving it with with a computer that was, you know, prob- probably you know in the in the five to ten thousand dollar range to drive the graphics for it. And here we are now saying, well, actually, you can have a smartphone that's going to be able <laughs> yeah. to drive this type of headset. So, I mean, the technology is moving forward oh, very, yeah. very quickly, isn't it? Um, so where where's this going to take us, Peter? All this sort of you know virtual reality stuff. Yeah, you know? I mean from from somebody like myself who's got a tech background, but then did Rhythm and Vines as as um, had a sales and marketing for two years as well. There are implications for things like live concerts and musics where they actually would put a drone camera on stage, for example, and through the virtual reality headset you'd feel like you were standing in front of the people right to next to whoever's on the stage and and part of the performance and and part of the act and that those kind of immersive experiences i know that's probably more where the facebook's of the world you know that's where facebook is going whether that's kind of what they're liking to see um apart from that obviously implications for you know we're talking about drones and stuff before but it is also becoming the, the the better control of actually being able to see exactly what a drone would be able to see with your head actually moving and operating it um surgery architecture there are so many schools that will be able to benefit hugely from it so you know i think it's um there's a lot of area i don't think there are a lot, lot of areas where you won't be able to go um with virtual reality and i think Yes, it might not be mainstream in the next couple of years. We're not all going to sit there like drones and, and have them. But for the people that are using them for the purposes they're using it, it's going to be absolutely outstanding. All right. Now, also at IFA, a massive bunch of other stuff, and uh, we haven't really got time to, to cover it all. Uh, but, yeah, new, there were a bunch of other things from uh, from Samsung, the, the, the Note 4 Edge, uh, some smart home products, uh, the massive 105-inch bendable uh, TV. Hmm. Um, probably not queuing up for one of those at the moment. No. Um, that would require sort of uh, mortgaging a house probably <laughs> to, uh, to, to to fund it. Um, the new uh, Moto X, Moto G from, uh, from Motorola. Uh, those look as though they won't be too far off uh, in terms of their availability in New Zealand. Of course, Motorola just in the process of being acquired by Lenovo, so uh, I think chances are that that uh, that deal will be announced as as closed uh, shortly. Uh, on the Microsoft front uh, or on their Nokia side, uh, they've announced some new uh, new handsets that look pretty competitive. Uh, always on uh, Cortana, uh, their uh, their voice. Uh, or, or uh, you know, assistant. I love, I love because Microsoft in the beginning uh, kind of saw the Xbox division as a bit of a, a, a nuisance and a bit of a distraction. And obviously, we know that the current CEO actually at one stage said he'd be keen to spin it off, although now he's backtracking. 
Um, I love that they actually call it Cortana from Halo. I think that that's really funny that they liked that property enough to actually have that be their invoice in the invoice system for their for their devices. I mm, think that's great. Mm. Hey? And it actually works works really well. I've mm. been using this in in the car um, the last few weeks because I've been trying out the the Lumia 930. Oh, nice. Uh, which is is a you know, a, a, a pretty nice. Uh, Handset wherever it's wherever it's gone. Hold on. <laughs> there I'll are just, so many I'll devices. Flick it across yeah. so you can. Uh, I don't you, know. If you, you, you can just you know have a look at look at the um, the hardware. It's probably all yeah. locked down and, and, and secured. But yeah, yeah. Um, the the Cortana software that's in there now, and and I'm using the US one, so it's not even geared up for uh, yeah for my um, Kiwi accent. But it is very very good now. And, you know, I've always sort of appreciated the ability on Windows Phone to sort of read out your text messages and so on. But I've started just using it in the car now to initiate text messages and calls and so on. Uh, and yeah, the accuracy on it is uh, is is pretty high. It's pretty pretty good. So once they've got a um a, you know localized New Zealand version of that, that will be cool. And they're making it available, you know, right down into their lower cost uh, lower cost handsets. Uh, in fact, I saw uh, was it I think uh, Spark offering the Lumia five twenty the other day, uh, ninety nine dollars. Oh wow! Uh, through uh, the, the the warehouse, so you know these uh, sorts of technologies are becoming uh, yeah pretty accessible. Yeah, yeah, really, they're not uh, not necessarily uh, quite so exclusive as they uh, as they no. once were. Uh, in terms of other products, um, ASUS have announced their uh, Zen Watch, uh, which looks really really nice. Mm. Uh, this is a new Android uh, Wear um, smartwatch. So that's a, another one to keep a watch on. I think, you know, ASUS aren't sort of known as a premium brand, but they're really making an effort in the products that, I, you know, some of the products I'm seeing come through from them look really nice. It looks like they're making an, a, a real effort from a design perspective uh, to, to deliver to things that, that, that stand out, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you have to today. I, I don't, the, the days are gone where you could kind of be just a functional whatever it is you are people are design, expecting design in everything now mm. expecting that that kind of ergonomic design and just something that looks slick and cool yep uh new new um sony xperia um uh z3 uh products and in, and in, in, at varying sizes uh now so um they've got a um smaller one with uh just a tiny, uh, what is it, a 4.6-inch uh, screen, I think, which uh, which actually looks pretty cool, pretty com- competitive, uh, compact. Um, and on the, back on the, Micros- uh, on the Microsoft front, um, a bunch of cheaper uh, tablets at, at varying sizes. So, um, you know, we, we heard that promise that there would be Windows tablets coming uh, becoming available at the uh, sub one hundred dollar uh, US price point, and they're heading towards that pretty quickly. Uh, Acer Tab Eight W uh, launching one hundred and forty nine uh, US dollars. Uh, Toshiba Encore Mini, a seven inch uh, Windows tablet, one hundred and twenty uh, US dollars. Uh, so there, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of interesting uh, releases there. Um, ASUS have uh, launched the uh, Ebook X205, which is a $199 uh, little 11.6-inch uh, laptop uh, with a quad-core uh, Atom processor, 8-hour battery life, um, and a... Um, uh, it's not a touchscreen, actually. It's a, uh, a large touch gesture, gesture trackpad. Um, okay. But, yeah, a, a whole bunch of sort of products uh, coming through. And uh, HP have uh, have announced some of their new uh, X2 uh, convertible products as well. So, um, really, quite quite a mass of uh, of products coming through. And now, before we dive on, talk about digital nations. Um, it sounds like if the government doesn't uh, doesn't change at this election, that um, a few more a few more lucky people were going to be added to the um, uh, the UFB rollout. Uh, National have said they're going to be uh, increasing the uh, the funding for uh, ultra fast broadband, an extra two hundred and ten million dollars uh, going into the uh, the kitty, and that will allow um, a bunch more uh, smaller uh, towns to get uh, get 
uh, ultra-fast broadband or, or mm. fibre uh, internet uh, delivered, which would be uh, would be you know certainly quite nice because yeah. it's uh, yeah it's it's a real leap ahead of uh, of what we can get through uh, through our mobile networks um, and certainly with the sort of so many of these unlimited data cap uh, plans starting to be available now. Yeah. So um, there's a bunch of other products too that I will that we just aren't going to have time to, to talk about um, this week. We've got the uh, the ThinkPad 10 that we looked at briefly last week. Whole bunch of accessories here for it now, which completely changes it from just being an interesting tablet with maybe some other options to um, to, to quite fascinating. So we'll dive into that next week. Um, Logitech have a really impressive new um, video conferencing uh, solution. Uh, with a, a a really decent high def uh, camera That's cool. um, kit, and I'd like to dive into that, but we're going to hold that one off till next week so that we can uh, hear about a bit about uh, digital nations. So uh, yeah, Peter, let's uh, let let's jump in. Tell me what what are the highlights for you today? You've made an announcement around uh, there there being some of the uh, new um, high definition. Yeah. Oculus Rift yeah. uh, headsets that you're going to have available for people to play with. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, for us, this is a huge announcement. We've got um, 20 Oculus Rifts uh, SDKs too at the show, and that's been about um, probably about a month or two of us in discussions um, uh, with Oculus on on what we can do and how we can show it, and 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 uh, we really wanted it to be um, something that um, could be a Kiwi kind of spin to it. So Media Design School are working together with. Um, big pipe and broadband to create a, a kind of immersive experiences and different ways of showcasing it but you know that that kind of level of commitment to bring in 20 oculus rift is absolutely staggering to put it into context e3 and gamescom this year had the same amount of devices so obviously you know from everybody involved us getting that kind of thing puts new zealand on the map not only um you know to to our neighbors but but a company like oculus suddenly kind of turns around and goes hey look at what these guys are doing down in new zealand which i really think is a great thing for us in general to have that kind of perception from other com- uh, countries and companies um love it absolutely one of my standout things would be oculus and um but obviously as we discussed earlier the speaker lineup this year has been absolutely phenomenal and uh, you know we went from a great lineup last year and and um and people that I think uh, Kiwis really resonated with, like Benson Russell from Naughty Dog, who did an amazing speech about uh, making The Last of Us and, and level design to this year really kind of again taking it to the next level with Infinity Ward and Respawn and Valve, which has to be one of my, you know, I just can't wait. Um, and on top of that, Bungie coming. And obviously we've got uh, Augmented Reality this year as well, which is really cool from Technical Illusions, which is a company that's kind of doing a combination of an Oculus Rift and augmented reality but it's also interactive in the sense that they've actually created a controller device a remote that allows you to control the augmented reality environment so you're talking about interactive board games you're talking about being able to do um, almost like virtual reality um, surgery wherever you might need without really having to wear devices you can actually just do it with this control one which is amazing technology and they're a kickstarter funded project out of the u.s we managed to get them over um, and then obviously everything else that we've got, we've got the Tesla Roadster there, which to me is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, that's very very cool. I mean, most people in New Zealand won't have won't have seen no. uh, won't have seen the, the the Tesla before. Yeah, uh, because you know they're just well they're not available in this no. market generally, and uh, you know unless you've been up in in California, it's uh, it's not the sort of thing you no. you, you bump into in, in most places, right? And, and I'm excited about seeing the charging station, which sounds ridiculous, but it is actually quite cool having both the charging station and a Tesla there, and actually some other um, electric vehicles as well. And then obviously all the the preview games that we're bringing, and this year again we kind of we're kind of showing people where we're going. This year we we kind of wanted to branch out and become more of a CES E3 kind of combination. Last year it was kind of setting our mark as being starting off as a, as a, a spiritual version of these shows. I should point out because it is New Zealand and we're not going to have everything be the biggest and best. But we have some absolutely amazing tech that we're showing off as well as the games this year, and that's really cool because we're kind of setting the bar on how we're going to move forward with this. Um, you do have a really good variety, though, don't you? I yeah. mean, it's not just a gaming show. No, There's, absolutely there are, not. There are so many different aspects yeah. of technology well, we've got, uh, that, we've, that are there, and the, yeah. you know, a, a fairly you know interesting uh, 
mix of of speakers, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, these aren't just local speakers. I mean, there's some good uh, local people there, obviously. Yeah, um, but but you've made a real effort to sort of mix it up. No, you're right. And I mean, from our we've got some really cool like home cinema experiences that are that are kind of top end that you can find in, 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 in probably in the world actually mixed with drones not the not the navy's drones but uh, still pretty cool drone stuff we've got a drone course going on we've got an overclocking uh, workshop where they're going to use liquid nitrogen and you know put it on the cpus and gpus and see how far they can push them and um you know we've got the land that we've put in as a component we've got segway we've got um all kinds of um kind of yeah gadget stuff that has either just been released or announced or things that have just um recently at least started selling as a retail so we're not wanting to become a store we're wanting to keep it on the edge and i think that's the point is you know you and i are sitting here in a room full of gadget that most people have only heard about and what we're wanting to do is at least get them an opportunity to touch them feel them see them before they arrive and that's our goal and and it's the same with the games you know um Obviously, being able to play Far Cry 4 and Halo Master Chief Collection and um, and Sunset Overdrive and all these other games that we're bringing to the show is huge. So, no, look, I'm, I, I can't wait. It's going to be it's going to be a great show and it, and it definitely kind of puts a direction on where we want to head in the future as well. Yeah, I think you've done a really good job of, of pulling it together and uh, certainly very appreciative of uh, of that. Great to hear a little bit about it. Uh, now, what's uh, when is it? We're uh, we're just just over a week away, isn't it? Oh, no, no, a little bit more than that. Thank, uh, thankfully, oh. otherwise I'd, I'd 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 really be quite scared right now. Twenty uh, seventh, twenty eighth. Okay. Yeah, twenty seventh, twenty eighth of September at Vector Arena, um, and ticket tickets are fourteen dollars for for students and adults are nineteen dollars a day. So um, you know, obviously, a great opportunity for people to get in, and that's kind of what we wanted it to be. This is a everybody's show. Um, we've got the um, museum or sorry the exhibition of, of of tech and gaming back this year and it's actually twice the size this year so if that was somebody's favorite last year and you thought it was great you just wait it's twice the size and a lot more interaction in it as well so an ability to play and see and do a lot more in that exhibit as well so that sounds cool because that was one one area I, I missed out on really you know, getting a good look at the uh, were mental. you could like l- l- last year yeah. so uh, so I'm, I'm looking looking forward to uh, to getting in and, and yeah. trying to skip the uh, skip the queues, um, if I can get in well, a little, we, little bit early, please. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got we've sorted it in a different way this year. So hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I'm sure it will still be absolutely packed, but we've actually moved it down to the bowl floor and made it uh, smarter design on how we did it because last year was crazy. It was like an hour's queue to get in. Yeah, it's a bit more accessible. Yeah, that, that's cool. And uh, you know, I guess there'll be uh, there'll be people around the country that are wondering whether this is sort of an event to. Uh, to get up for uh, I mean if this is your sort of thing then then this is uh, yeah. you know the, the probably the event of the year to uh, uh, to, to consider yeah so uh, yeah get, get, get in there um, alright well that's excellent well thanks very much uh, Peter great to have you back and to uh, to get a bit of an update on on digital nations now for those that are um, are interested where can they uh, where can they track uh, digital nations down online and where can they track you down are you on Twitter or yeah, et yeah, so, so uh, digitalnations.com digitalnations with a Z because we had to dot uh, com is the the website we're also on uh, Facebook so digital nations on Facebook uh, I'm DNZ Pete on Twitter and we've got Digital Nations as well as a, as a Twitter account. So I tend to, to mix and match a bit. Uh, I tend to probably tease and, and announce things more than um, than we do through the Digital Nations account. So definitely worth um, having a shout out. And I and I and I'm, I've run the Facebook. So if people go there and they ask questions, just so they know, it is actually me answering the questions. It's not, uh, not some it's random not robot or... Uh, no, yeah, it yeah. is me. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and uh, we would be remiss not to mention that there's also some uh, some news coming from Apple uh, this week. And in fact, oh, really? by the time that uh, people listen into to this, uh, de- depending on when you do, uh, that those announcements will uh, will possibly already be uh, be out there live. Uh, so, should we do our predictions as to and see if we can see into the future? What do you What do you think they're coming out with? Well, tonight? I mean, we've we've discussed it probably a few times on the podcast before around you know four point seven inch and five point yep. five inch iPhones. Uh, definitely talk about some some wearable products, yep. and uh, you know that may be an an iWatch or or maybe more sports oriented or yeah. or uh, you know fitness oriented 
Uh, do, do, do you reckon they would have a partnership? Because I know Nike's been a good supporter to Apple. I'm wondering if we're not going to find out that they've partnered with somebody else to make, any, make it even more of a sports accessory, as an example. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, Apple have certainly done some partnering in the past, but you know, I I think that they do very well on their own as oh, well. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I I would be picking that there will be uh, um, a huge amount of investment that's gone into whatever they release, yeah. but it will be a first gen. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna see a whole lot of continued innovation in this, and I'm really waiting to see what they announce. Yeah. As to you know whether it's something that is uh, you know is mind blowing or whether it's hey this is a 1.0 device that is yeah. interesting uh, lots of people will buy because just the cachet that comes yeah, with it being an Apple product uh, or whether they've done uh, done something that the rest of the world hasn't managed to and they've really managed to hit it out of the park. Um, I just I think yeah. they might have. I, I I'm not as interested in the phone. I think the phones are going to be secondary. And, I, and I'm a little bit terrified that they're going to do the oh one more thing kind of thing and go and kind of show it but not talk too much about the the actual wearables and that they will focus on the phones, which I totally get why they do. But yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not convinced. I, I want to mm. the, the wearables for me. That's what I want to hear about. Well, we will be talking about that in, a, in another episode. And of course, Microsoft TechEd is on this uh, this week as well. Uh, so there'll be some content coming back from uh, from from TechEd. And Microsoft have an absolutely massive lineup of uh, 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 speakers there. Uh, really sad news that uh, that that one of one of the uh, one of the uh, speakers that was on his way out from uh, from the US uh, didn't make it. Had a heart attack on uh, on the way to uh, to New Zealand. Um, but you know, I think that. Yeah, you know, if you if you look at TechEd over the years, they just they continue to uh, you know to pull together a really good uh, a good lineup of uh, of content for those that are involved in the in the tech industry, and uh, you know hope, hopefully for those of you that are uh, are in, interested in that uh, that side of the tech world, um, that uh, yeah you'll you'll appreciate some of that uh, content, mm-hmm. um, which we may end up uh, splitting into a separate episode depending on uh, on how much there is. So. Hey, thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, you can catch us online at nztechpodcast.com. Uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook and the like also under NZ Tech Podcast. And you track me on Twitter uh, at Paul Spain. Thanks everyone. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Vector Communications. Data networks built for business.